Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. You know, more than just a chance to have fun. Play can be serious business when it comes to a child's health and development. And we all remember our days as young kids playing and you just don't see as much of it anymore. Well, here to tell us about the importance of play is my guest, Dr. Michael Yogman. He's immediate past chair of the American Academy of Pediatrics Committee on Psychosocial Aspects of Child and Family Health. Dr. Yogman, tell us first the importance of play when we think about children running and screaming and playing and jumping and rolling around. You don't see so much of it anymore. Well, that's, that was our concern in writing this report. Um, so we really reviewed a lot of the data, and uh, there really are three essential components of uh, reasons why we need to uh, make play a greater priority in children's lives, and that's what the Academy is doing in this statement. So number one, play is not frivolous. Play with caregivers, peers, and teachers uh, really affects brain structure and function. Um, mostly animal data, but it can be uh, uh, generate hypotheses, and we think it has uh, real meaning for uh, for children. Secondly, playful learning is a fundamental part of healthy development and is crucial for 21st century skills such as executive function, collaboration, and innovation. And third of all, uh, play really helps build the safe nurturing relationships with parents and all caregivers that mitigate toxic stress and promote resilience. So those are the three fundamental points that we try to provide the evidence for in the paper. Has it been declining? Do you feel that it's been, I mean, I, I pass parks by my house, Dr. Yogman, and nobody's in them and they're lovely parks. And yeah, exactly. I, you know, I, I think that children today see, okay, you got to go outside as more of a punishment than back in the day when it was, okay, you got to sit inside. Absolutely, and the the data is very concerning in that regard, and that's the reason why we uh, chose to write this paper. Um, the uh, let me quote you some of the data: fifty fifty percent of parents uh, uh, don't go outside to uh, play with their children anymore. Thirty percent of kindergartens no longer have recess because they're busy uh, teaching kids to take tests. Uh, at every level, um, you're passing safe playgrounds, but in lots of neighborhoods, uh, playgrounds are not safe, and so kids are confined to the home, often watching video screens instead of getting uh, physical activity uh, that uh, we know can help uh, minimize obesity so that uh, uh, we need to create the opportunities for kids to uh, uh, to play every day, and that's why we uh, wrote this uh, report and uh, are suggesting that pediatricians uh, cement it with a prescription. Wow, that's like the American College of Sports Medicine asked all doctors to make exercise a prescription in exercise as medicine, so it's a very similar, you know, initiative and so important. So tell me, does electronic play count, or are we kind of putting that off to the side. I mean, there's dance-off things and, you know, the Wii Fit and all those kinds of things, but they're not the same, are they? Well, I think there are uh, 
components that are helpful in terms of uh, exercise and interaction with peers or parents that uh, uh, electronic media can play. But in terms of the uh, the direct interaction interpersonally that's not virtual and the kind of problem-solving and creativity uh, and executive function skills that play can, uh, can promote, I think there's a real uh, difference and a real uh, benefit in uh, a variety of uh, kinds of play. And that can vary uh, from object play with uh, simple things like uh, uh, wooden spoons and leftover dishes to the earliest uh, serve and return, cooing back and forth and, uh, uh, and smiling back and forth to three-month-olds engaging with their mothers and fathers to, you know, the physical outdoor play, uh, rough and tumble play that teaches kids how to uh, engage without hurting each other and how to cope with uh, challenges. And then, of course, there's the pretend play, the imaginary play, the dress-up, the fort building. And then there's something called playful learning or guided play, where adults might have an agenda for children to learn something, but that they let children take the lead. They don't intrude. They let children work out the problem solving on their own. So there are a variety of kinds of play. They're all intrinsically motivated, child-directed, even if not child-initiated, uh, active and engaging and meaningful and promoting curiosity, that kind of joyful discovery. And I think here's where the difference between digital media play is usually socially interactive. So you've mentioned some good forms of play, and I remember so lovingly the days when I just used to let my son pull all the Tupperware out of the cabinet and figure out a way to put it back in and pull it out again. And, I mean, it was a mess, but it was fun, and it was fun to watch. So as kids are at different ages, you mentioned that there's different, you know, types of play, the cooing and such from babies. So what do you want parents to know about object play, toys, mixing it up a little bit, and how they know that that is really a good positive thing for their kids? I think they want to let children explore the properties of, uh, of objects and toys and not be too directive at pointing out what, what uh, are the properties of uh of objects, because if you let kids explore on their own, they'll find multiple opportunities and characteristics of toys that will be inhibited if parents are overly directive. Wow, that makes sense. What an interesting way to look at it, because adults, we look at a toy and say, this is how it's supposed to be used, but that's not the way a kid might look at a toy and say, oh no, this, you know, even movies like Toy Story really show a difference in the way a kid looks at these things and the way an adult does. So now what do you well, that's want? The wonderful thing about watching children and watching their nonverbal activity. We as adults can learn a lot from what from seeing things through children's eyes. And it brings us back to our own childhood and the joy of what we experienced as adults in playing. Uh so that I think there are multiple levels. For example, reading uh children's books brings us back to uh our own uh, the stories we loved as children. And letting kids uh, describe and imagine what is going on behind the scenes of the book um, is can be playful as well. So does that mean that suppose we're reading with our children, like Harry Potter, which if you're not watching the movies, you're reading the books, 
the imagination can take your picture in your mind all kinds of places. Should we as adults, Dr. Yogman, guide that imagination or should we ask our children, so how do you picture Hogwarts looking? Or what do you think? I mean, do we say, oh, can you see the, the, the castle? Can you see? Do we guide it or do we let them guide us? Well, it's a combination. I think you give them the opportunity to take the lead and guide it. Uh, but you can also ask prompting questions. It's uh, a concept known as scaffolding, that if kids seem stuck about a particular issue, you can provide a prompt that unsticks them. Oh, what an interesting idea. So we, we can give them those prompts. Now, speak about the pediatrician's role in all this, how you would like them to do a prescription for play, but how does that play out, as it were, not to use a pun there, but how does that fit into the picture? What What is it going to look like at a, at a well visit when a pediatrician says something like, how much play are you getting? Well, it's more a value statement. Uh, it's a uh, comment often late in the visit. You, one might have talked about what kinds of uh, activities the child's engaged in. One hopes that there's not a lot of pressure to overstructure uh, the child's activities. And by merely making a statement that uh, playtime is valuable and uh, depending on the age of the child and for the parent to find some time to get down on the floor and play with their child every day, um, is not trivial. It really has some uh, long-term impact on the child's learning, on uh, their joy and curiosity, and ultimately on the kind of adult skills that uh, the workforce is looking for of creativity, collaboration, innovation. Those are the kinds of skills that kids really develop through play. And I was fascinated in an article in the uh, New York Times uh, Sunday News of the Week in Review, that helping kids develop uh, collaborative skills, cooperation, might actually help to improve the uh, communication in our democracy and help people of different mindsets work together more constructively. What an interesting concept. And would that it would be true, would be wonderful, especially with our children coming up in this age and seeing so much strife around and that play can actually help them to deal with it and get along with their friends and meet new people and use their imagination. Wrap it up for us, Dr. Yogman. I love this segment. Well, I, I love this I whole love idea. A, uh, I love a quote from George Bernard Shaw, that's a, an old and famous quote. He said, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Yeah, and that's I wonderful, that, isn't it? Uh, uh, it's a wonderful quote for adults to uh, uh, to cotton to. Now, I think that uh, social emotional skills, cognitive and language skills, the self regulation skills that build executive function, task persistence, problem solving, um, those are all key. But I also want to emphasize the way uh, encouraging parents to focus in, even at a young age, in the nonverbal cues uh, during play that uh, uh, babies display, creates a kind of shared communication, promotes the uh, attunement, the uh, serve and return interactions that parents and children experience during play that really can regulate the body's stress response and mitigate toxic stress. So social play becomes even more important in the presence of adversity. 
I agree completely. What a what a great idea. And we certainly are happy to promote the AEP's policy now on play and how important really it is. Really appreciate that, it. And I uh, might just emphasize the implications uh, for pediatricians go beyond the office and the work with parents. But we want to encourage uh, preschool curricula to include playful learning and not to just take the the test preparation in kindergarten and first grade back down into preschool. We want to also encourage uh, not only safe playgrounds in neighborhoods, but the transformation of urban landscapes into opportunities for playful learning. So, for example, signs in supermarkets as parents are, uh, are shopping for apples can have a sign to encourage them to play with counting the number of apples or to ask questions about where milk comes from when they go to the milk counter or for bus stops to have uh, lights that reflect on the ground and encourage kids to, uh, to do some hopscotch while they're waiting for a bus. Lots of opportunities for, uh, uh, for cities to incorporate these playful ideas into the structure of commonplace uh, situations where parents and children are, are waiting or shopping. It is such a great, great initiative. It's the American Academy of Pediatrics Clinical Report, The Power of Play, a Pediatric Role in Enhancing Development in Young Children. Parents listening, play with your kids. Let them take the lead. Let them use their imagination. It doesn't have to be about smartphones and tablets all the time. Digital media is great, and they'll learn from it. But there's also this very important aspect, not to mention the childhood obesity epidemic that we're going through. And play and physical play can help to mitigate some of those kinds of things as well. So you're listening to Healthy Children. Our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Yogman, thank you so much for being with us today. Really important information for listeners to hear. This is Melanie Cole for Radio MD. Stay well.